0: Hello guys, this is another episode of the Full Send Perspective. Uh, This is Ryan Lammering and Josh Lewis. Uh, We're going to talk to you today about some... We're going to go off on a different tangent. We're going to talk about recruiting. uh, 2020-22 football team rankings. We're going to talk about individual players. uh, Maybe get into some conference uh, breakdown of some rankings. Uh, This is a different side of the game that we've wanted to talk about for a little while and uh josh and i are pretty excited to bring this to you so i'm gonna hand it over to josh let him get going
1: yeah um we love recruiting it's an essential part of college athletics both football and basketball um i really uh just going off personal experience you know like uh, never really was too much into it um back in like high school and stuff but then uh after, like, senior year and, you know, kind of doing some growing up, you know, you've paid more attention to it. And I would suggest to any sports fan out there, especially uh, someone who loves college basketball or football, uh, to really start following uh, recruiting and the classes and just looking at these guys. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, me and Ryan like to uh, joke about how uh, big of a deal it comes to announcements on Twitter, social media, all the speculation. It's like a whole other part of the ball game. It's really interesting, and it gives you something uh, to look at uh, in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always exciting. It's always exciting, and during the season, you can kind of lose focus of that a bit because, you know, you're focused on, you know, the guys that are playing. But uh, right after that recruiting train, it's going on 24 24- Seven three sixty five for all these schools so uh we're just going to start looking at some stuff because honestly uh other than a few guys i i still need to um look at some more of these guys and see where the classes are starting to line up but uh got any thoughts on on your experience with the recruiting or anything
0: yeah so for me i i follow it hardcore football basketball i follow my team specifically but uh and then i i follow the big ten a lot and i follow the the trends that go on within all those teams, in the big 10, but I like just watching it. Cause I like seeing how like some teams, like they go on, they go on runs, like some teams, some programs yeah. that maybe aren't good. Maybe they make a new coaching hire or that, you know, something happens where they win over a recruit and then you start to see this trend of other recruits coming, uh, joining them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to see the trends, I like seeing um, it's kind of like the NFL draft, where like you see, you know, this Mm -hmm. team get a bunch of young studs. And like in that same token, you can see like a new trend with Mm -hmm. that team. Like it's the same way I look at recruiting with football and basketball. Uh, It's really cool um, trying to understand the thought process that goes on with these kids and when they make their decisions. I feel like every kid is very different and they all focus on different aspects of. Mm -hmm. why they're choosing specific schools, which is another thing that's really interesting as well.
1: Yeah, and recruiting just got a whole lot more fun, interesting, and more dramatic with the new NIL rules. Uh, We've already seen some guys uh, making some big moves because of it. Uh, One of the biggest storylines is actually uh, Quinn Ewers, who reclassified. He was originally the number one recruit in this 2022 class, uh, the highest-rated recruit um, that Ohio State has ever received, but he reclassified, so he's no longer a part of this class, um, Which and that was a huge NIL move as well. So we're already right off the bat seeing uh, the recruiting landscape starting to change, especially with that Ewers move. So I'll, I have to ask, um, obviously, uh, take away the million dollars that he got by leaving early, but what do you feel about uh, that move by Ewers to reclassify and get to uh, Columbus quicker?
0: I mean, it's all about what you want. I think that, you know, as a young kid, do you want Mm -hmm. to stay young and, you know, finish out your last season in high school with all your high school buddies, all the guys you grew Mm -hmm. up with? Or do you want to move on to the college game and, you know, grow up? And now I think with the NIL, it gives them even more reason to go, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a player of the caliber of URs and you're, you know, number one overall player in the class. So mm-hmm. you know that you're you know, another player, um Young, Bryce Young from Alabama, he made mm-hmm. over six figures before he earned, I think he was close to a million dollars before he even played a snap at Alabama. So, like oh yeah, that's another reason that I can see a lot of these top level players, you know, moving on from high school. And then I think the other aspect is just getting to school earlier, allows you to develop mm-hmm. more as a player and get yourself acclimated to the, the new s- system and the college game. So, it's definitely interesting. And like you said, I think the NIL is going to mm-hmm. push it forward even more. Um, but yeah, I I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah.
1: I, uh, if you, if anyone here, if there's one person I would plug for college football news, it'd be RJ Young. He's a YouTube guy. Uh, He recently got picked up by Fox sports and he actually addressed some of the controversy that people were giving or or a lot of the backlash from URs leaving. And a lot of it just, you know, with this NIL stuff, uh, it, it was kind of dumb. Like people are like, oh, you shouldn't chase the money. It's all about your, you know, you should be worried about finishing high school. First off, uh, he did finish high school. He only had an English credit left that he wrapped up in the summer. So he was graduated. He completed his uh, college or high school courses. And uh, another thing that he said that really hit home with me was that RJ RJ Young says these haters, these people who just don't get it yet are perfectly happy to have a kid uh, stay in high school for his senior year and flip burgers and make nothing But as soon as he takes an opportunity to make a million dollars, then it's suddenly a problem. Like, dude, he's doing what's best for him. He's pursuing his career. He ain't, he, like many of these recruits, especially these top ones, they're not going to get a degree. Their profession is football. Their profession is basketball. And, you know, chasing your profession, especially when you are good at it, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, if someone wants to be a professional artist, they can sell their art in high school and make money off of that. But for some reason, you know, it's a problem. If a guy who wants to play quarterback, you know, uh, uh, is not allowed to, it's bo- people are bothered by him and making money. It just, it just doesn't make sense. And honestly, I know there's a lot of pros and cons to NIL, but I really feel like this is a huge pro, um, especially uh, allowing these kids to basically take advantage of, uh, their talents, you know, and, uh, kind of uh uh, start to market themselves which you know that's that's what they do as soon as they turn pro anyways it's just an early step on it and um yeah
0: so the one comment i want to make on that before we go ahead and get into i don't know if you want to start with team rankings or player rankings first uh the only comment i have on that is i feel like a lot of that backlash comes from people don't like seeing other people succeed and Mm -hmm. i feel like also people feel that uh other people should do as what they would do and i think yeah that's a whole nother topic we can get into that's kind of a side note of what we're trying to get out here but you make very good points um you know you got to let the kids do what they want to do and take advantage of the situation that's been put in front of them so on that point i'm going to let you decide which route you want to go <laughs> and we're going to move I mean, on here
1: i mean we're definitely going to just look at these player rankings first. Um, right off the bat, um, we already see that uh, we have a number two ranked player right now, Travis Hunter, a cornerback from Georgia, can hard commit to Florida State. Now, that's something that caught my eye uh, when I was start when I was first taking my looks at this today. Um, Florida State, their program is a mess right now. So this he made this commitment on March third of twenty twenty. I think this is definitely a guy that um, people should be looking at because I, I could see this easily being switched. I mean, uh, a program like Florida State that's in a mess like this, I mean, some guys, you know, this is where they want to be. Um, but I don't know, looking at the date of his commitment and seeing what Florida State's doing right now, um, I mean, are you seeing any red flags here this could be a possible flip to a different school, especially with where Florida State's playing at right now?
0: Um, okay, so just to backtrack real quick. I mean, we really don't know. We've not dug deep behind Any of these hold up. I got an ad coming up. I apologize for that. Uh, I know, I know you couldn't hear that, but we will hear it on the podcast. But anyway, um, so what I was getting at here, uh, we don't really know the ins and outs behind a lot of these players commitments. um, But, to your point, there is the potential to flip, but I also know that Florida State is one of those schools that, like, they have the history behind them. They have, you know, the recency history, and I feel like being in Florida, you know, they're still going to attract a player like this here and there. So this doesn't surprise me, but I also don't think if he was to flip and go somewhere else it would surprise me either.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously right now, I mean, a big thing, though, you got to look at and it's been true in the past is, you know, like these teams can get these guys. But if they don't if they have a bad season, I mean, we've seen guys leave before, especially at certain positions. Um, uh where the position group doesn't perform that well that year and a guy like uh, a guy who is committed that is in that position group might be less inclined of going there and i mean that one just catches my eye and it looks like we have a usc recruit at five from modern day damani jackson another corner and usc just lost their head coach so that's another thing i'm looking at here that this commitment was made on january 23rd of 2021. So, I mean, there's a lot of movement, and, um, I mean, that's another one I, I would keep an eye on. You, you see these hard commits, but, dude, these days, <laughs> they can flip in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I, I – like, again, I think uh, USC is another – I think it goes back to exactly what I was just talking about with Florida State. I think it's one, another one of those schools that has some history, um, and it's, you know, location is a big part of that as well. So I think they're going to hit on some of these players here and there, and that's just natural. That's okay. Again, I would not be shocked if this is another player that left, and, and or not left, but flipped his commitment somewhere else.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, not just uh, being a homer here, but we've seen how Ohio State secondary has been playing these past few years. Um, these are two top, these are two cornerbacks in the top five that are probably, if I was Kerry Combs or anyone that were state stab, I'd be hitting these guys as hard as possible to try to get that flip. Um, and of course, any other top team who's going to be losing some cornerback talent, these are two guys I could see, uh, you could target pretty well. Um, because Florida State and USC situations right now are just not, Uh, I mean, obviously the NIL, like you said, and obviously the name of the program. But, you know, you can those are two I could definitely see uh, getting some uh, getting some calls here.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, One thing I wanted to point out uh, before we continue is to our listeners that we are using um, the 247 sports uh, recruiting player and team rankings uh, to do this analysis or whatever word I should use there. Um. But yeah so i just want to throw that out there real quick
1: uh another observation i'm just making right now is the first quarterback to pop up is at 23 on uh in this recruiting class um, it seems to be very defense heavy in the top 25. i'm seeing a lot of d linemen, uh corners um linebackers uh, we got one wide receiver in the top 10. Um, he's actually, that's the only offensive, there's only two wide receivers in the top 10. So it's looking like not too heavy of a quarterback, class, especially since Ubers just left. Um, let's see here. The, the, uh, the, the, t- the top ranked quarterback of this class right now is Walker Howard and he's committed to LSU. Ooh. Interesting.
0: Yeah. And Five star. to the point that you've been making about the other two schools, LSU is another one of those schools that like, they're just not having that great of a year. But, like, look at how early some of these players are committing, like, two – or last year, you know, over June a year ago. yeah. Over a year ago. So, it would be interesting to see what's going to happen with some of these schools as – I feel like a lot of them go um, through ups and downs anyway. I mean, obviously your constants, like Clemson, Alabama, Ohio <laughs> State, I feel like those are all kind of in a tier one when it comes to recruiting. Like, you know they're going to be at the top no matter what. But I feel like some of these others – kind of go up and down somewhere within that top 25 range.
1: Right, here's one guy that I wanted to point out, um, Cade Klubnick. Uh, he is the fellow quarterback in Texas, the one who beat Quinn Ewers in the state championship last year. He is currently committed to Clemson and he is actually the third top quarterback. Um, he was uh, uh, seen as the second best in this class But he's right now at 26. He's below Walker Howard and Connor Weigman. Uh, Connor Weigman is committed to Texas A&M. So two SEC teams have got some quarterbacks commits and Clay Clubnick to Clemson. Uh, Interesting. Looks like we got the first running back right here, Emmanuel Henderson. He is committed to Alabama.
0: Uh, the number one running back uh he made that commitment. i'm March i'm liking 13th, how as you scroll through this i'm seeing the same thing it's the same like five to six teams just on repeat for all these yeah it looks like, it looks like texas a m is making a big push to get a lot of top talent and, in 2022 yeah,
1: class jimbo needs some help there um i mean there is there is one team that is kind of surprising right now um right here luther burden um i believe wasn't he is this the decommit from oklahoma uh
0: let me double check I be- is this the guy who decommitted from oklahoma? i i believe because he decommitted from oklahoma oh, yeah. and yeah missouri was the the team missouri yep this is definitely it yep. because he,
1: he committed from oklahoma on august august 17th and it looks like we have his announcement is going to be made on october 20th and the two teams that are currently uh in his warm are missouri and georgia be a huge gift
0: for missouri yeah um i don't really know like missouri is just kind of an average team right now and bottom tier in the sec right so getting a player like this would be interesting but i mean if you look he's from st louis there's probably some connection Mm -hmm. there so that would make sense
1: yes yes uh You know, Missouri, uh, they're still kind of feeling the after effects of when they got in trouble, what was it, a year or two ago. Um, So they're starting to rebound a bit. I mean, they're not an awful, awful SEC program, um, definitely lower tier recently. But, uh, you know, before all those sanctions hit in, they were in the SEC championship game against Alabama. Um, But uh, this would be a huge gift for Missouri. And obviously they got some tough competition here with Georgia. Uh, being the powerhouse they are. Um do you want to switch over to look at some team rankings here? Yeah, I was gonna say
0: I was gonna say uh let's just go through some of the top players like you just already did. Uh, I kind of feel well, like I also... Go ahead, sorry.
1: I guess I just wanted to I'll just say one thing. Uh this class is far from being fully committed. There's still a lot of big names Um, with a lot of guys who still haven't hard committed. Um, Right here is actually uh, Jaheem Singletary. He's he's an Ohio State decommit. Um, There's many thinking that uh, I heard Miami was his number one spot, but uh, that's another uh, cornerback decommit and another reason why Ohio State should go after some of these corners that are uh, either not committed yet or already have commitments with some uh, iffy teams. i uh, will say though uh i have seen some film on walter nolan the number one overall recruit and he is an absolute beast <laughs> this guy's wow. a beast man Defensive alignment
0: i wouldn't doubt Thank it God. if he's God. up top as the number one player uh but yeah, yeah i definitely come out dude so i feel like um we should we'll continue on to do this uh this recruiting special um uh, throughout the year i think Tonight is just kind of uh, an overview of kind of how we're going to process, you know, players and teams. But I think moving on throughout the season, recruiting season, we will kind of break down the smaller segments. Like we may do one episode is Big Ten Conference, one episode is SEC, or one episode is we focus on the quarterback position, something like that. Um, But so off that point, I think we should go ahead and transition into the team rankings and I, I'm kind of surprised to see the top three teams sit where they're at right now. But as, uh, yeah. but as you just got alluded to, you know, there's still a lot of players that have to commit. Um, so there's still a lot of moving parts throughout this. But there's yeah. two Big Ten teams in the top five. You, you got two. I'm going to just throw Texas in as an SEC. They're Big 12 right now, but they're basically going to be SEC. And then you got mm-hmm. Notre Dame um the top three surprised me a little bit not so much penn state as much as the other two uh but the one that shocks me Um, a lot is seeing alabama all the way down at six but i know that the way 247 works is a lot based on quantity or quality i mean um quantity quantity yeah so when you look at those numbers 25 versus 14 that's probably where that's at
1: yeah alabama always like they kind of like always hang like like really low, and then like right before commitments wrap up, they will skyrocket all the way up to the top. uh, So it doesn't surprise me to see them right there. And In fact, they may even move down some more, but we all know at the end of the season or recruiting season, they'll end up as the one, two, or three. Uh, However, uh, you said you're shocked by Texas. I'm not. Steve Sarkeesian is um, an offensive mastermind. Um, They're going to get a lot of guys that want to play for him um i mean we look at their top three commits right here and we got a uh oh actually actually we have a running back but we have a safety and a d lineman are their two next best actually their next three latest commitments are all defensive players so that's actually kind of shocking um we're getting a lot of defensive players here i was expecting a lot of offensive players um wanting to play for him uh Ohio state at five. Um, they were the number one when Ewers was still here. And when he, uh, reclassified, they actually dropped down. Um, they re- their most recent commit was, uh, oh, who was it, uh, was it Terry?
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember. Nope. Looks like you had a couple guys after him. Uh, uh yes,
1: yeah. It's Patrick. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So like you said, when, uh, when, Quinn Ewers was there, and when this class, you know, the recruits started committing, Ohio State was far and ahead number one for the longest time. Um, So Ohio State will still have one of the best classes in this class um, without question. So them at five, I expect them to move up a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we see the usual bunch here in the top ten. I mean, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, uh, LSU, uh, Clemson down at 11. Um, North Carolina, uh, Mac Brown's been getting in some recruits. That's for damn sure. Uh, where were they last year? Um, I can't remember, but they were hanging around toward the top two. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent in North Carolina. People don't know that. There's a lot of uh, good players in there. If you keep the state guys staying, that's huge. Uh, oh, Rutgers
0: at eighteen. Yeah, that's that about, is not surprising. I was going to point that out. <laughs> Stanford, Stanford at fourteen, Rutgers at eighteen, uh, Michigan State—the way they've been playing uh, and the, what Mel Tucker's doing—I'm not surprised by that. Wow. Um, I'm really the one I'm really confused about, and I know that due to uh, where you and I grew up, and I know your dad's a fan of this team, so maybe you can explain more about this. But why? Kentucky is consistently being around like this top twenty-five in recruiting, but it's never <laughs> translating. It's not really translating to the field, so I'm, that's just something that I, I'm kind of confused about.
1: They're four and zero right now, I believe. Um, okay, they got some play, They got some studs, and they get some guys in the first round. Um, they w- they win some decent bowl games, um, but they're not. They don't ever – they're not competing for any New Year's Six or, you know, the college football playoff. But, uh, I mean, Stoops, he does, a, he does a pretty great job at getting guys in there. Um, now, here's one that some of our listeners are going to be really happy about is IU at 26. Um, they got that big uh, flip from Ohio State with Deshaun McCullough, um, although his dad and his brother, I believe, are both there at IU. So uh, definitely understand that flip. Um, and then but, you got, yeah, got uh, a four star running back.
0: So I was just going to say Trevell Mullen, uh, brother Taiwan Mullen, who's currently a cornerback oh, yeah. at, at IU as well. So I definitely yeah, think also, this is yeah. a direct reflection of last year's success and how people are responding to Tom Allen. But it would it'd be interesting to see what happens going forward based on what is currently happening this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, they're getting some guys in, and definitely the culture is going to help. And like you said, Tom Allen is uh, – he with their success from last year, and if they can keep winning some games this year, they could definitely ride that to get some more guys in. Um, I mean, Arkansas right here, I mean, they've been doing great this year. Uh, another thing i like to point out, too, um, if you start paying attention to the recruiting and, like, you also pay attention to, like, the team's success throughout the year, you can even see, like – even if a team just gets a winning season, like that's such a huge thing for the recruiting. You could see them start to rise up the ranks and get some guys in. And that's just cool to see, too, that like literally winning and being successful on the field, believe it or not, gets you some better recruits, gets you a better recruiting class. Um, you want to go look at the Big Ten only? Yeah, can we can that.
0: transition to that. So right now we got Penn State one, Ohio State 2, Michigan three. All three of those kind of check out to me. Um, Rutgers at four is a big surprise. Indiana at six. That's not huge. not as much of a surprise but still kind of shocking. I'm happy to see wow. Purdue at eight. Purdue's got a solid class building. Illinois at nine shocks me, but the, I think the biggest surprise to me, is seeing Iowa down there at four, they're 13.
1: Yeah, that Iowa and Wisconsin is so low. I mean, they got one four-star, 10 three-stars. I mean, again, it's still early in the class, but uh, not the best start. Looks like their best recruit is an offensive tackle. That does not surprise me, <laughs> coming from Wisconsin. And Iowa being down there pretty low. Let's see, they have one four-star. Uh, it's D. Lyman from Southeast Valley. But yeah, uh, we are, as as we as we've said, these are going to change big time. Uh, it's still pretty early, uh, but it's kind of cool to see who gets these early momentum, who gets the early momentum going. Um, the only teams with five-star commits are Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State has 14 4 four-stars. <laughs>
0: yeah um it is kind of interesting like what you're getting at and i, I wish we could maybe try and or, like find a way to understand why this happens but why there's teams like penn state that are sitting at 25 commits and then there's teams like iowa that are sitting at nine now i know um which is with the way that some of these rosters are, are built you know some years some schools are gonna have a lot more seniors some years some schools are gonna have a lot more you know, juniors, sophomores, freshmen. So I know that that plays a part into it, but my, the thing that kind of is interesting to me, how like some, like how there's such imbalance, I guess.
1: Just starting off. Do what? Did you you hear me? I think I lost you there for a second. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I will say one thing though about Maryland is, this does not shock me. Uh, here's this list of the recruits. Wide receiver, athlete, QB. Wide receiver, athlete, athlete. I mean, Mike Locksley's offense is stellar right now, especially with Talia and Dante Demas and Raheem Jarrett and Tyon Fleet-Davis. Like, that offense is electric. But you would like to see some defensive recruits get in this, uh, in this class for Maryland. Love Mike Loxley, Love his offensive scheme. Uh, definitely attracts a lot of um, – Offensive players, obviously, but they definitely need some help on defense, so uh, hopefully they can get some defensive uh, recruits in here throughout, uh, throughout the rest of the recruiting season, but it does not shock me that there are six recruits here that are almost all offensive. I mean, athlete, athletes could technically transition to corners, uh, we've seen that before, uh, but more than likely these are guys looking to be wide receivers or running backs. <laughs>
0: yeah i feel like when you see athlete it's it's either it's just skill position right so you think secondary yeah. or wide receiver running back um so looking at northwestern um it, with the wide way receiver. their season's going yeah they got a couple uh couple four-star commits um so it looks like reggie florima he's out of naperville which is near northwestern so that makes sense I'm assuming the, uh, the other guy, the edge rusher there, he's from Loyola, Blake Fields. So that seems like it might be out of Chicago as well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Pat is gonna be Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, he doesn't really get a lot of your high talent, but it will get your top three-star recruit kind of guy, and that's that's usually what I expect out of him.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at Michigan State. They got four four-stars already. Uh, Dean Lyman, a QB, and an athlete as well. I also got a quarter, three-star cornerback coming in. Um, you know, Michigan State, they are off to a hot start this year. So um, Mel Tucker, uh, he's, he's definitely finally got that program rolling the way he wants it, which is huge, um, especially after um, an awful start to his tenure there in 2020. But as a lot of people have been saying we're just not gonna count 2020 <laughs> and there was such a messed up year especially for a lot of first-time coaches um but yeah uh looking at the landscape you know there's so many recruits left um, a lot of them still have a, not even down to like they're not even down to their top 10 like there's still so much that can happen um this early in the recruiting process but it's good to start looking at them and seeing, uh, seeing uh, uh, what their what their original crystal balls are. Stay up a little about twenty four seven as well. Looking at some D commits here, Let's see what happens. But uh, huh.
0: I'm sure this list is gonna yeah, be long. Um, I feel like that. Yeah decommits happen all the time so i know I, it's load, load it happens load so load. much that they have to keep track of it with a list
1: well i do want to quickly bring up looking forward forward ahead a little bit and probably the most um hyped player or recruit in a long time um this is going to get national attention just because of that last name but arch manning um he has started his uh, early recruiting tour um, we hit a bunch of schools this summer um, I did you also see that Lane Kiffen is is only following one player on Twitter and it, it's Arch Manning he literally has he, he unfollowed everyone is only following Arch Manning uh, trying to uh, get that old miss uh, his his uncle Eli where, where he went but uh Uh, Looking at his list of his warm, it looks like it's all SEC except for Clemson.
0: Oh, crap. Yeah, that's where do you think he's going to go? Do you think he's going to go to Ole Miss or uh, Tennessee, or do you think he's going to do his own thing?
1: (sighs) Well, looking here. um,
0: This is Cooper Manning's son, right? Georgia?
1: Yes, this is Cooper. If I remember correctly, didn't Peyton and Eli and even their dad say that he was – Far better than both of them, but didn't he get hurt or something? Yeah, in I think that's high what happened. School and, and ruined his football career. Uh, anyway, um, you know, looking at these recruits, Ole Miss has 13 quarterback on their roster, Georgia has eight, Clemson six, LSU three, and Alabama three um, on their roster. Um, LSU and Clemson already have one commit in these early classes. Um, so looking at just roster standpoint, um, Ole Miss is probably uh, the least favorable, but we're talking about a five-star Arch Manning best player in the class. If he goes anywhere, he's going to get that attention. He's going to get that uh, that starting opportunity. Yeah. So um, I don't think we should look at that too much per se. Just wanted to bring that up. Where I think he's going to go. Um, I honestly, when I first uh, was looking at um, stuff being said, I th- kind of thought Clemson. But they got Cl- Cl- uh, Club Nick coming in, and he's going to be really, really good. Um, so I don't know if Dabo is going to be – if Dabo would want to bring uh, him on uh, being a year after. Um, who I think the best situation for him would be, obviously, I mean, Bama would be – I mean, Bama's wide receiver. You know, they're always going to really that wide receiver position. Their offense is fantastic, and,
0: and Bama never really has like a a top-tier quarterback either. I mean, they do like now with Bryce Young, but they usually don't get that top guy.
1: Um, where I would say the worst situation out of these would probably be LSU. Um, their offense has not been very impressive since the amazing 2019 team. Um, their offense didn't their offense coordinator leave? I forget his name. Uh, but Burrow was out of there, all their receivers are gone. Um, yeah, I think that's probably his worst situation. And I think their offense coordinator Miss,
0: you're talking about LSU, yeah. right? I think their offense coordinator went to uh, North Car- the, uh, Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, yeah, um. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with any with the others. Georgia, that would be a great opportunity for him, and you know you're getting an amazing offense or defense on the other side of the ball to help you out. Clemson, you know, they've produced Deshaun Watson Trevor Lawrence. Um, they get tons of guys. Same thing. They have three, how many, four quarterbacks starting right now in the NFL. But, uh, you know, if you went to Ole Miss, too, Lane Kiffin would literally, you know how his offenses are, and Ole Miss is... Uh, they're crazy. And but so that would also be a good fit, but I think out of all five of these, I think LSU would be the least favorable option, but I mean, this guy's going to go anywhere and start playing. And it's just funny seeing uh, everyone trying to court him right now, especially Lane and how he uh, is only following him on Twitter and no one else. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, nephew to Peyton, Eli and grandson to Archie. Um So yeah his his is going to be highly highly followed.
0: It's interesting for me cuz I wonder if he's like actually the best quarterback in the class or is he just kind of being ranked a little higher just cuz of who he is and his uh his family. That'd be interesting to see. I usually they don't well, take that into consideration when they're ranking, so we'll see but
1: Well, if there's that that's an indicator of anything he's from new orleans so that could explain that lsu uh popping up on there um they get a lot of guys from um new orleans obviously growing up as an lsu fan so that could be a homer pick or a homer uh homer on there but um yeah it's gonna be great it's too bad that uh tennessee looks like they're getting no love so i guess you don't want to mess with his uh, with Peyton's uh, college. Uh, and I wouldn't either. Tennessee is a quarterback graveyard right now. Um, but Ole miss, you know, thinking uh maybe Eli at the dinner Table and Lane Kiffin can work together and they can pull off of that. That would be huge. And uh I think deep down I'd like to see that and make Ole Miss something down there in the south.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I'd yeah. rather I think Definitely. I'd rather be Ole Miss in Tennessee if he was to go to a school where his brothers went. And I'm a oh, Peyton, and I'm a Peyton guy.
1: 100%. I'm a Peyton
0: guy, but I think I'd rather see O's, or uh, did, Ole Miss.
1: Where did Archie? Archie went to Ole Miss, so Archie and Eli were both Ole Miss. Peyton was Tennessee, so that's not only the Eli connection; his grandpa also went there, so that's double duty for <laughs> that's double duty for Ole Miss. So Ole Miss fans should be pretty comfortable with uh, having someone in his ear. But yeah, uh, you love it to see. Uh, Uh, Another Manning who – I mean, I've seen some of his highlights and they were quite impressive. Um, But, you know, like you said, you know, we got to see what they look like when they come on campus and if they're the real deal or not. But everyone's acting like he is.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, So, I know we kind of got away from looking at the Big Ten. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about there? Or did you want to go ahead and move on real quick? Uh, no, um, I saw everything. It's really early
1: still. And yeah, looking at some recruiter rankings, that's interesting.
0: I'm really shocked, shocked to this? see the, uh, so Brent Venables, that makes sense. Um, who was at the top? Oh, Brian, Brian Hartman. Hartman. yeah, that one's an obvious no brainer.
1: Marcus, yeah. Marcus Freeman's not surprising either. He's fantastic DC. Um, Brent Venables, like you just said, that's a go-to um but yeah al washington is up there fran brown secondary judge for records ranked at 16. must be a good guy, guy that Shiano brought in
0: so i'm curious are they yeah, it, are, are they just basing this off of it's probably based off like the position rankings that they're getting from yeah. miss yeah
1: yeah they base it off of so as you can see here like they, it's a point system like 24-7 like assigns a point system to like every player and then like that makes the composite which determines the rankings so like if Brian Hartline gets you know three five-star wide receivers then his average and his the points that those guys bring in attribute to this ranking right here and uh same for the rest of them and um, but obviously we know it's not just one guy. It's not just one position coach. There's a lot of other guys. Ryan Day is definitely talking to him too, you know, and uh, Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. But it's really cool to see these position coaches get ranked like this. It's very interesting. Yeah.
0: But yeah so um, we, can get, we can get more into this. Uh, we can kind of close this segment for today. Uh, we can get more into this recruiting rankings – Uh, later on we just kind of wanted to introduce ourselves uh or introduce this new segment of our show uh and then kind of break down a little bit and then we'll get into it here uh probably more as the season goes on and definitely during the off season and as more players start to commit we'll start breaking it down a little bit more
1: you know i i also think this is really funny is looking at the all-time Football player recruit recruiting rankings. Um, number one is Jadavion Clowney. We all know who he is. But this next guy, Robert Nindick He enrolled yeah. in 2013 at Ole Miss. Who never is, heard of you know? Never heard of NFL him. star. Yeah. But he's he he's the number two highest rated recruit by 24/7. So I mean, he might be in the NFL, um, but he's not a big name. He's not an all-star you know what i mean it just that's what makes recruiting so interesting is because these guys come in they be ranked super freaking high but next thing you know they're you know in college they kind of fade away and then yeah, they never make it to the pros or or so on so, forth, so forth. it's really cool seeing trail prior. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> he's up there too oh leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. You know that makes sense
0: adrian peterson, adrian
1: peterson. And that's cool, too, to see these guys who, you know, they do get to the NFL, and they're just amazing. And yet, Miles Garrett, 24th on this list. And I can tell you right now, he's better than quite a few of these other guys that are ahead of him.
0: Like so, Matt Barkley? that just really that cool one, to see yeah. that as
1: well. Yeah, so it's just really cool to see, um, you know, uh, that you know, there could be the greatest recruit ever, and he just turns into nothing. Or you have guys that aren't ranked really high in high school and they turn into uh, fantastic players um, and even NFL All-Stars. Star, all so recruiting's awesome. If, if you're not into it yet and you're listening to this, uh, definitely get into it. Um, follow your team. Follow uh, just the top 25 guys. Follow everything. It's so much fun and um, definitely love watching the announcement videos and all the stuff on Twitter. It's you know, they, 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 they get really interesting with it as uh, time goes on,
0: and it's funny to see. Yeah, so like Josh said, definitely look into, you know, your team recruits. Watch your favorite uh, league recruits. Just so watch your favorite sports recruits. Um, it's a whole other element to the college game. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to watch. It's fun to break down. Uh, and like I said, Josh and I will continue to break this down as the year goes on and as the uh, off-season ramps up and recruiting season takes over. uh, So, Josh, you have any other closing comments to make?
1: Uh, No, just, um, again, like I said, just get into
0: it, watch it.
1: Uh, I know um, people like rivals. I personally don't, but, uh, you know, I think, like, everyone has their site. Everyone has their people that they follow, and just following it in general is, uh, going to be fun, and uh, make sure you tune in uh, tomorrow when we do our regular podcast with the, the rest of the guys.
0: Yeah, so as Josh mentioned, uh, we will be back on our normal schedule tomorrow with the week four recap, week five preview. Um, as we cover the Big Ten Conference, this is the Full Sim Perspective. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan and Josh, and we will be back tomorrow.